I'm Jared Wine with Wine Feeders in Alice, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. So glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a new spokesman for the beef industry, and it turns out it's a former Texas cowboy. But it's probably not the kind of Texas cowboy you're thinking about. We'll tell you more about it coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. How much it actually takes hold here, we'll wait to see. But ranchers in the Texas High Plains have had the opportunity to learn about the benefits of multi-species grazing. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Applying whole farm management to available agricultural technology. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The wheat market has remained strong, but the challenges of raising the crop continue to increase for farmers here on the Rolling Plains. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. A former Texas cowboy will be the new spokesman for beef. But it may not be the type of cowboy you're thinking of. The Beef Checkoff announced a partnership with former Dallas Cowboy quarterback Tony Romo at last week's Cattle Industry Convention in Houston. Cattlemen's Beef Board CEO Greg Haynes says Romo will be a great spokesman for the brand. He's well known, uh, super enthusiastic about beef. He, you know, he loves it. His family loves it. So I think getting him out there will, will get you know help spread the word. And, and I think too, just um, there's a lot of options on how we can use them and reaching out with different mediums, social media, you know, regular regular TV, all of this different stuff. So I think that really being able to leverage that will be nice to have kind of that spokesman again. We've had you know Matthew McConaughey and you know Sam Elliott and different voices of it. So it'll, it'll be fun to have Tony Romo doing that. Romo will be featured promoting beef in photo and video advertisements on digital and traditional media platforms. The drought continues to worsen across parts of Texas. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 40% of the state is under moderate or worse drought. That's up four percentage points over last week. The Water Development Board reports there have been improvements in drought conditions in parts of South Texas, but conditions have degraded along the Midcoast, in East Texas, and in the Panhandle. Drought now impacts the Panhandle, northeast corner of the state, far west part of the state, and southwest Texas. Severe drought is impacting the Panhandle, Rolling Plains, and a few spots in northeast Texas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
As Texas farmers gear up for spring planting, there's a new product on the market that may help corn and cotton deal with early season stress. Dave Davies is an account manager for Verdesian Life Sciences. He says the product is called Seed Plus. Basically what it is, is it's a replacement for a seed talc 80-20 type mixture that everybody's pretty familiar with for seed flowability and for planting within air seeders and other equipment out there, Kinsey planters and such. The difference is we've added some micronutrients and some biostimulants and metabolites to uh, help with early season pre-emergence and also some stress tolerance against abiotic stresses. Davies says Seed Plus helps young plants deal with early season stressors like drought, cold, and heat. And most importantly, it pays off. Our return on corn has been about $19 an acre. The cotton piece, we're still working on some of that. We're going to be doing a lot of trials down there in the panhandle this spring. So, yeah, we have seen some return on that. So it's worth the investment to take a look at it. You can find more information at VLSCI.com. Ranchers on the Texas High Plains have been learning about multi-species grazing. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. During producer education meetings in recent months, one speaker Texas High Plains ranchers have had the opportunity to hear from is fellow rancher Clint Halting. He's been talking about the benefits of introducing small ruminants to ranches that typically run cattle. I think multi-species grazing, at least here in the panhandle, is something seriously overlooked. It can improve our range health and improve our gross revenue off our ranch. When it comes to improving range health through multi-species grazing, Clint Halting witnessed a pretty dramatic example of that very early on in his ranching career, which began when he leased some land to run a small goat operation. That place when I put the goats on there was mostly weeds and bare ground. And a good indicator of that, there was a county road on the east side of this place. And down that road was an empty house. It wasn't abandoned but nobody was living in it at the time. And every spring, the tumbleweeds would blow that county road shut, and the county would have to send maintainers out to clear that out. Well, the third year I was there, somebody bought that house, and I remember thinking, they're going to be pretty disappointed when they realize their road's going to blow shut. That spring, there was no tumbleweeds in that road. Those goats had turned those weeds and bare ground back into grass. So that's when I became a big believer of what goats can do for range health. The benefit to range health relates to what goats choose to eat. They just have different grazing preferences than cattle do, and weeds and bare ground usually come from cattle overgrazing a property. But goats will put more pressure on the weeds and less on the grass. As his career progressed, Halting ultimately transitioned to running a pretty good-sized cow-calf operation near Dalhart. But he's still able to experience the revenue benefits of small ruminants, as we'll discuss in tomorrow's report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Whole farm management can improve profitability. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today is Sean Hoke. He is a herbicide product lead with Syngenta. And uh, Sean, with the increase in data and technology in agriculture, what challenges uh, are farmers facing uh, that they're trying to keep their fields clean and uh, from a standpoint of uh, what's called whole farm management. There's new challenges every year with farmers and longer term challenges that farmers are facing. And one of the things that we've tried to do with AgRedge is help them with their data. So many times they have precision application data, they have economic data as far as their invoices, and they have yield data as far as the output. But to connect the dots and have a field level, complete picture of your profitability and to be able to sit down with their trusted advisor and 
go over the data that supports your decisions is something that has been quite frankly missing. And we don't expect everyone to learn how to use complicated technologies, but what we do is we provide specialists, they can sit down and have a good conversation about making profit-based decisions. What are some of the ways uh, AgriEdge uh, whole farm management can help increase yield potential uh, during the growing season? I think the biggest way from my experience is just sitting down and having a plan. You want a plan for success, you want to know your numbers. So when we think about fertilizer prices or, or uh, new genetics or new herbicides, you want to understand what does that change mean to the bottom line? Are, are we going to deal with more revenue so we can push yields higher? Are we dealing with situations where margins are tighter? So we need to leverage our variable costs to drive higher yields. That is Sean Hoke. He is Herbicide Product Lead with Syngenta. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The wheat market remains strong, but the challenges of raising a crop this year continue. Barry Mahler has an update from the rolling plains of Texas. This should have been a year for wheat producers to be able to relax a little, kind of take a deep breath, get the crop planted up and growing, and not have to worry quite so much about marketing and input decisions. After all, we had a strong market at planting time. Last fall, prices on cash wheat and contract or hedge opportunities, well, they ranged anywhere from $750 to nearly $850 per bushel. The market has remained strong, and even though dry weather seemed to be creeping across the rolling plains from west to east, at least the eastern half of the region had decent planting moisture to get the crop in up and growing. Boy, how things can change. The dry weather continued to push west to east, and by late fall, nearly all of the region was dry. Planting was delayed, and the emergence of the crop was falling behind. Now the market stayed pretty strong. That's good news. But inputs began to be difficult to obtain and prices for supplies continue to climb. We saw fertilizer prices rise by 50%, then double in price. And now there's much as 150% higher than just a few years ago. And even if you can write the check, there's no guarantee that the product will be available in the form required at the right time. Now, this is just not happening here in North Texas, but across a large area of the U.S. wheat growing area. Now, the farther north you travel, the window of opportunity for needed moisture gets pushed back later in the spring. But we're at the make-it-or-break-it time here in Texas. By that, I mean we need to have cattle pulled off, fertilizer applied, and weeds controlled. And that is assuming that a good stand of wheat is already out there. Wheat will break dormancy in a little over a month with warmer weather and longer growing days. and Everything needs to be in place to set a good seed crop and have it mature in the last 90 days of the season. Now, I'm not saying that producers have thrown in the towel. Is this well? I saw a fertilizer spreader running just a couple of days ago in hopes that a February snowstorm would turn this all around. But I don't think that even great weather from here on out will allow the hard redder wheat belt in the U.S. to help increase world wheat stocks this year. It's just not shaping up that way. Now, this is all happening when world wheat stocks are already trending lower. So when the market realizes that a major producing area such as the U.S. Plains begins to look at lower production, the market should reflect with higher prices. Now, the problem for our producers is we just won't have much to sell. That's Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas. Six Texas anglers have already reeled in fish weighing 13 pounds or more. It's all part of the Toyota Sharelunker program. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And many behavioral problems in horses are likely due to their domestication. 
Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. If you're a teacher, the Texas Farm Bureau is inviting you to join us for Ag Literacy Week coming up March 21st through the 25th in conjunction with National Ag Week. We want your help to inspire students to learn more accurate information about agriculture and connect it to what they're learning in the classroom. We're inviting kindergarten through fifth grade teachers across the state to join us in increasing agriculture literacy in the classroom by reading an educational accurate ag book called Full of Beans, Henry Ford Grows a Car. Here's how it works. Sign up by February 11th at texasfarmbureau.org. You'll receive your free book in the mail by March 18th. Read your book to your class during National Ag Week. Then submit a picture of you reading the book to your class on social media to be entered into a drawing for prizes. It's a free program for kindergarten through fifth grade teachers. Sign up now at texasfarmbureau.org. The sign-up deadline is February 11th. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Many behavioral problems in horses are likely due to their domestication. Dr. Bob Judd explains. Cribbing, weaving, and other stereotypical behaviors in horses are related to environmental changes that include frustration that leads to a deprivation of the horse's biological needs. These vices are repetitive and apparently useless behaviors that only develop in horses in domestic environments and do not develop in free-ranging feral horses. These changes are due to structural changes in the brain and are more involved than just stable vices or bad habits. Dr. Dalla Costa indicates that horses get blamed for the behavior and it's not their fault. Not only do the stable vices cause problems for the horse caretakers, but we need to realize horses with these behaviors are unhappy and we need to try and help with that. And horses are not the only animals that develop stereotypical behaviors, but all animals do have one thing in common and that is the behaviors only occur in captive animals. Horses do not develop these behaviors because of boredom or don't pick them up from other horses. It occurs because they do not like their environment and stress of the situation. Horses in stalls have limited ability to move, spend less time eating, and can't express a flight response when they feel threatened. These horses are frustrated as they perceive they are constantly prohibited from doing what they want or need to do, which leads to negative emotions such as anger, annoyance, disappointment. Rather than try to change their behaviors by using restraints or cribbing straps, changing the environment to help these horses feel more comfortable is the best treatment option. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Six Texas anglers have already reeled in fish weighing 13 pounds or more this year. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The 2022 Toyota Sharelunker season is just a few weeks old, and it's already off to a promising start. Kyle Brookshire, Sharelunker Program Manager, joins us with more. We finished January with six total entries in our legacy class, which are the ones we collect for spawning. Compare that to last year when we had one of our highest collection seasons on record. We only had four in January last year, and this year we had six. 
as long as that holds, we're on par to have another record season. OHIV Reservoir, which is east of San Angelo, is another hot lake for the Sherlunker program this season. Five of the six came from OHIV. One was from Lake Daniels, which is a new lake record and the first Sherlunker that it's produced in its history, at least first over 13 pounds. You know, last year we had five new lake records in several lakes that produced Sherlunkers that they had never produced before either. So we're excited to see, you know, even more new lakes pop up this year. But OHIV is definitely going to be a big player. The Toyota Sherlunker program partners with anglers to promote and enhance bass fishing in Texas. The Sherlunker program is really a promotion enhancement program for Lunker bass across the Lone Star State. Kind of our bread and butter since the program started was collecting 13-pound bass and selectively breeding them for their genetic predisposition to reach that size in the wild. And then in recent years, it's been expanded to collect more catch and genetic data on fish that are 8 pounds or larger. So we still collect and selectively breed fish over 13 pounds. We collect them January, February, March. And then throughout the entire year, we collect catch and genetic data from those fish over 8 pounds that anglers catch. So they submit those through a mobile app or our website. They basically take a a few photos of the measurements of the fish, submit that in, and then take a scale sample and send that with the entry as well. Details are available at TexasSherlunker.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Tuesday, but we did see a higher close in the cotton market. We'll update all of Tuesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Need money for college? Between the state and county farm bureaus, more than $693,000 in scholarships is awarded to high school seniors, enrolled college students, and technical college students. You could be one of them. These scholarships and awards are another way Texas Farm Bureau invests in the future of Texas agriculture. Find out if you qualify on TexasFarmBureau.org. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships is waiting for you to apply. The application deadline is March 1st. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Tuesday. We ended up closing mixed on the live cattle trade, higher for the feeder market. February live cattle up 15 cents, 141.97. The April down 22, 146.17. June live cattle up 15 at 141.25. The feeder market getting support from a lower corn market. March feeder cattle up $1.85, 166.87. April up $1.50, 171.77. May feeders up $1.17 at 175.90. Cash-fed cattle market all quiet on Tuesday. We do see some bids from the Packers. They were bidding 138 in Kansas, 140 in Iowa, but that wasn't enough to buy cattle. The feedlots asking 142 and better so far this week. Boxed beef prices mixed Tuesday. Choice up 29 cents, 279.25. Select down 21 at 274.83. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear cattle in the alleyway, there's a sale going on in Abilene today. Henry Pickett puts it on. Henry, how did the last sale turn out for you? 
Oh, pretty good, considering with this winter weather coming in, we ended up with 1,365 total cattle with about 330 cows and bulls. Uh, Packer bulls and cows were steady to a couple dollars higher, had a lot of demand. And on our better end of our calves and yearlings, they were a little bit lower, but everything was still in high demand considering all this weather coming in. You know, with this weather coming in and without the chance of very much moisture and not any grazing, you know, this market's starting to fall a little bit on these light calves and these yearlings also because all the feed yards are filling up. So I expect for the next few weeks this market to kind of steadily decline a little bit. Are you aware of anything that's going to come to the sale next week, hell or high water? Oh, we've got a couple of guys called in. They've, Like I said, for the last few weeks, they've been holding on, holding on. It depends on if they get any measurable amount of moisture, but they're talking about coming on to town with some of these dried out yearlings they had held back for wheat. Uh, there's 40 head in one deal, and, uh, 25 in another, just kind of hit and miss right now. Well, those ought to turn flips if they can find some feed. Oh, they ought to. The condition's been really good on everything here lately. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next week's sale. Here at the barn, we can be reached at 325-673-7865, or my sale number is 940-733-8208. Henry, we appreciate you, and we'll talk to you early next week. Thank you. And neighbor, in fact, we'll talk to him tonight about the results of the sale today. I hope those dried-out yearlings made it, and I hope you make it back again to walk in the pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. Now back over to the futures market where lean hogs close sharply higher Tuesday. February hogs up 262 at 90.32. April hogs up 252 at 103.80. Class 3 milk was lower. February milk down 11, 20, 69, 100 weight. March milk down 29 cents at 21.64. A strong close in the cotton market heading into Wednesday morning's USDA crop production and supply and demand report. March cotton up 158 points at 127.15. The October up 111 points, 109.60, while December was up 92 points at 105.35. The corn market taking a bit of a breather after the big run-up we saw on Monday. The old crop contracts lower, new crops slightly higher. March corn down three cents, six thirty-two and a quarter. New crop September up a quarter penny at five ninety-five and three quarters. The wheat market closed higher. Canada released its December wheat stocks report, and it came in much smaller than traders were expecting. That helped to boost prices higher. July Kansas City wheat up eight and a half, eight oh six and a half. July Chicago wheat up six and a half at seven seventy-seven a bushel. In the energy markets, March natural gas was down two cents at 4.20. March crude oil down 2.05 at 89.27 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Tuesday afternoon. The Dow up 335 points at 35,427. The Nasdaq up 144 at 14,160. The S&P up 30 points, 4,514. That wraps up a look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. 
Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.